Welcome back to another episode of Don't Be So Dramatic. My name is Rachel and this is the podcast where I talk to different people in the entertainment industry to discover what their job involves and how they got there. I'm terribly sorry if in this intro you can hear my pet bird in the background. He's playing with his toy bell and just making some noises because he's super excited for this week's guest. So on the podcast this week, I have with me Pip Edwards. Pip is an actor and an acting coach. She has worked nationally on so many amazing projects in both theatre and TV. She's also trained internationally. Um, In this episode, Pip and I talk about the tools in which we use as actors in our career and how those tools can differ from script to script, from project to project, from genre to genre and how that is totally fine. We also highlight the importance of constantly acquiring these tools specifically for her as an actor and an acting coach and how each tool that you're constantly acquiring um, in your studies as an actor can totally contradict what you learned a day or a month ago. It's all about what you are going to use in that moment, in that day for that script, for that story that is important. And we also talk about eliminating all of this should in your career. So all of that, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, that person's doing this, so I should be doing that. Eliminating that to allow flow into your career. The flow is what creates the work and the success. And all of this pushing and should is what is blocking it. So we talk about how Pip has seen that in her own career and her students' careers as well. As always, if you enjoy this episode, let me know. Leave us a review. Thank you all so much for listening. And without further ado, let's jump in. Pip, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. This is the first interview for 2021. So I'm oh very my excited. God. Enter 2021. I know. Oh. So, you know, only the best. For only the, the best. Yeah. <laughs> Although it still feels like the, like the beginning of last year. We just kind of, I don't know. you think? It's yeah. yeah giant yeah. year. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like, oh, it's like it, nothing's changed. No. So. No. We're just going to continue on. But. <laughs> but I think there's like a buzz in Australia right now. Do you, do you feel it? A there's, buzz? There's a buzz. I think because we're so proud of how we're doing yes. in the world yep. front. Yeah. We've ended up with some international projects over here. And it's. Oh, this is a true. Bit, there's a bit of a buzz hanging out here, I think. Yeah. You know, even like not even the projects, just like the A-list actors coming to mm-hmm. live here, just in Australia, people are like, well, you know, um, we knew it would happen eventually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it. Yeah, so um, well, I'm excited at least for all of the projects that are coming over. It's I I feel like everyone has kind of been saying that we would eventually get international projects. But we never knew it would have been because of a pandemic, mm. you know. Mm. So I mean, there, yeah, there's been there has been quite a few in the past, but I know now it's like Fox is booked. Like mm. they're building a new studio up near Byron. Like we are, yeah, of course. <laughs> Where all the cool people? Where all are. the cool people are? <laughs> oh God. Anyways, um, so you are an actor and an acting coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know, when did you first kind of have an interest in the industry? Because you grew up in Melbourne, mm-hmm. yes, and then you moved to Sydney to study at NIDA. So was that kind of always the plan or how did you kind of get to that trajectory? How did I end up? Uh, well, yeah, I grew up in Melbourne. I... First studied creative arts at Melbourne University. That course doesn't exist anymore. I did a uh, major in philosophy and filmmaking. Go figure. Oh. I know. Uh, and then I was doing theatre in Melbourne. So I was acting even then and I did get oh. one agent there. And then I I'd auditioned for NIDA when I was in year 12 and the year after. 
didn't get in those years, got close. I was like, fuck this, don't need this, as a, you know, as you do. Yeah, and then yeah. um, sort of on a – just because I was like, oh, I just felt like something a little bit new. I'm kind of ready to just see what I, I just had the cruisiest audition for NIDA when I was 23, 24. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I even learnt new pieces. I didn't <laughs> – the other years I, like, worked my ass off on them and that year I was like, oh, yeah. But I think because I'd been um, – acting before then it meant that I was calm about it and I could have stayed in Melbourne and I was in two minds I just wanted to change and that's the year I went and I'm so I know people are in two and I think that drama school is for some people it's completely not necessary for others but for me I had a great time Mm. I had a wonderful time oh good um yeah and then since graduating I've been back and forth Sydney and Melbourne but uh, and a bit of LA and a bit elsewhere, but um, pretty much mainly Sydney, mm-hmm. other than if I have a show in Melbourne or something. And yeah, I I think uh, I I found that um, before uh, NIDA, I tended to do a lot more theatre and I would do a lot of high camp theatre and um, fringe festivals and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I became really fascinated with film and TV and I just absolutely fell in love with it. And so when I coach now um, and when I direct, it's film and TV, very, very specifically film and TV. Mm. Um, you know, I do a bit I do a bit of some of the other stuff, but pretty much film and television because I am so fascinated with this um, with the medium as being able to show what it is to be human. And I think there's this wonderful gift in a close-up of just showing an actor's humanity and we're speaking to something that's very, very common in everyone's humanity and I can never get bored of it. I can never (laughs) get bored of it. When people are offering something messy every day when it's like very, very human, I think Mm. it's a place we get that. Yeah, it's very interesting because I kind of had a similar, like I trained in theatre as well and that was like I was all theatre up until like I was, when I graduated when I was 21, 22 and then came to Sydney and mind you as well in terms of like the ratio of work from like film and TV to theatre there's a lot more screen stuff in Sydney mm. so that kind of dictated my decision to go into screen but for some reason I just kind of feel like with screen it's a lot more freeing in what you can do. Like, I feel like you can kind of experiment a lot more and the camera is going to capture a lot of the nuances. Whereas with theatre, and don't get me wrong, I absolutely love theatre. Mm. It's it's a completely different acting mm. style as well. But obviously, because you're kind of doing, if you're doing a whole set of shows, it's the same thing over and over and you are contained to a stage and you are contained to the fact that you are presenting to an audience which is completely different so Mm. yeah screen is incredibly interesting in the fact that I just I feel a lot more loose on screen Mm. which is interesting yeah even within the technical parameters of it but I think it's about the the moment to moment discovery and the thought that the camera captures so um, that that listening, it's listening that we go on and on about, like really listening and allowing those thoughts to come to you new, even if you're hitting the same marks and what have you every time. And mm. that in itself, in its minutia, is freeing. I think mm. exactly you're exactly on it, which is when people first do the move. And I think it's really common for so many Australians to go to start yeah. with theatre because that's what you have in high school, you know, yeah, <laughs> school yep. play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then at a certain point when you're really committing to acting, finding yourself into script, and I, I see that all the time with coaching. That's such a regular thing that I'm doing is people go, oh, but I've just done so much theatre. Um, yes. <laughs> all this shit about I'm too big, I'm too whatever. It's like, no, no, we just need to get back to what that list is and then eventually I want you to fall in love with the camera through exactly what you're describing the fact that the camera sees into your thoughts and sees those experiences and there is so much freedom we have uh, even if the editor is actually constructing (laughs) the director constructing your your performance (laughs) together and creating Mm -hmm. the story there is so much freedom that you have to offer your human experience 
even if you're stuck to an extreme close-up? Yeah, for sure. It sounds so silly to say this um, because people might be like, well, duh. But the one thing that really, the one thing that made me get acting on screen was when my coach was like, you literally have to have the thought. (laughs) Because a lot of actors up until that point are like, I'm acting sad, I'm acting sad, this is making me sad kind of thing. But you literally in that moment, like say, I don't know, you're doing like a breakup scene, you have to in that moment be like, this is devastating for me that this relationship is ending. You have to have the thought. And then everything becomes so simple. You go, oh my God. And it's like such a duh moment. But I think coming from theatre, you don't learn that. No, not in the same minute way. You have to have the thought and and we see in pictures and the camera sees if you don't see the picture Mm -hmm. that we see. Mm -hmm. It sees if you haven't found the thought or discovered the thought in a human way. Yeah. So sometimes when people are, I'm playing my objective act, at you, at you, at you. It gets yeah. very, very eyeball-y and you you miss the minutia. And then I'm quite big also on reading and listening as you're talking. I think while you're talking and in between, what is that to be changed by the other person? Letting, letting the scene play you, let them play you. So you're affected, but affected from the now, from the moment. Yeah. And then having the thought, finding the thought. Mm. All of these things, I don't think they're uh, they're not necessarily um, stressed when mm. you're when you're working stage. They're not. They're mm-hmm. not. And and it's something that we need to discover. And it's quite difficult to teach because it's part of it. Not all of it is from our working memory. So much of it is why actors are magic. It's why mm. it's. The first shamans, you know, it, it, there's something that comes from our unconscious as well when you let go and you surrender to the moment and there's no one, two, three, four, five step process. Yeah. Yeah. There's tools, there's definitely tools and I'm all into learning all of the tools. Learn all of the tools, learn contradictory tools, learn whatever. Yeah. Use what you need to find what, to find, to, to explore, to develop the work. But yeah. unless we explore and develop that moment to moment listening and breathing and availability and letting yourself react which is not all from your working mind then we haven't got that that magic yeah yeah it's that element where you watch an actor and you go it's just something that's off that's Mm. what's missing Mm. that's it because you can't actually you can't teach that. You can't, as soon as you try and teach it, you have to put it into the world of words and it doesn't exist in the world of words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for each person, it could be worded slightly differently. Mm-hmm. They could understand it in a slightly different way. And so, you know, what you say to one person, the next day doesn't work for the other person, but you, you're just trying to teach the same thing. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, 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 totally, <laughs> totally. It's like, what? Yeah. So... In a sense of like, um, because, you know, you've um, you've been on Home and Away, which is a soap opera. I'm wondering, because soap operas, like, obviously, they kind of sit in this really interesting realm of like drama, but it's not drama played mm. naturally. So how did you go about, in that sense, approaching that style of acting? Mm trying to you know implement this idea but in a soap opera sense i do think when when we're looking at a script and this is really beneficial to understand when we have auditions when you're in acting class you do a scene is a scene and let's go for our best take of that scene whereas if you're going for an audition yes you explore the character and then bringing yourself into that character and how you bring that to life but understanding the genre we need to stress that Mm -hmm. that um step as Mm -hmm. well and uh with a soap opera I mean that was a a little while ago that I did that now but I I think with a soap opera we're still aiming for as much truth as we can it's just that the text is quite expositional Mm. um and I think we still find those thoughts it may be at at a certain pace and it may be that we're speaking what we're used to saying in subtext but I think those things of 
aiming towards as much truth as we can and finding the thought and having the inner object, internal object and the listening, it still applies. Mm. It still applies. It's just that the dialogue means that you say what you mean, you mean what you say half the time. Um, you, you learn it very quickly. You don't get very many takes, so you've got to keep it relatively simple. I don't want to say that. That's a take, take with a grain of salt. But yeah, keep it yeah, relatively yeah. simple to, to not kind of confuse yourself <laughs> too much. <laughs> um, and speak the subtext, but still connect with it. Bad soap acting, I think, is when people's internal life does not meet where they're at externally, Mm. right? And so it's like any moment. You look at Meryl Streep in August August Osage County or, you know, bloody Daniel Day-Lewis in fucking anything. You know, (laughs) they're bold performances, but the internal life justifies where they get, Mm. where they get at, right? Mm -hmm. Get at, there we go, that was better, where they get at. And so... um, if, if we are bigger on the outside than we are on the inside, I think that is what's off-putting. Yes. But yes. so too is when people go, oh, I'm going to play this really naturalistic and hyper-real, which I do think is quite the fashion now. We love when it's like hyper-real, but people mistake that for no tension and lack of thought and it just gets boring. Mm, yeah, for sure. And so in that situation, it's like our inner life needs to pulsate. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Mm. So um, the genre is important, in other words. But, yeah, yeah. I, do, I think those things we were speaking about still apply. Yeah, it's very – and I think as well, you know, it, it, as like – where? what am I trying to say? I don't know. <laughs> My brain shut down. Um, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have enough <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> I've had enough. And we're done. Um, <laughs> That was it. Um, no, because you have worked in so many genres, um, and I don't. And I think it's fine that every actor can't do that. Mm. And I think that you know every actor maybe shouldn't try and do every single genre. I mm. think, especially when you're in you know the first ten years of your mm. career, I think really hitting the things that you were good at because like there are certain techniques to each genre that apply and then don't apply to other genres. There are that are, there are techniques that are fluid across the board, but yeah, it's just really interesting. Um, and I don't know if like when you coach people, you're kind of, do you think that you see that a lot in which you're kind of like, I see certain actors are great in these genres and that's totally okay. It's not like they're incapable Mm. actors because they can't do anything and everything. I mean, like certain lawyers can't law in certain areas. (laughs) Do the lawing and (laughs) doctors can't do the doctoring. Yeah, so it's – I think it becomes a bit exhausting when people who – people try and do all of the genres mm. and aren't kind of honing their skills in on the ones that really resonate with the skill set that they're working with. Mm. But you're a specific person who does well in all. So. I'm, I'm like learning obsessed. So I will just, I can't stop learning, which mm. means that a lot of, there's a lot of training, 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 training. Like I said, only for tools, not always to use, but yes. just for tools. So yeah. As you say, that allows your breadth to grow. Yeah. Um, through that, like, yeah, a couple of years ago, I went and did a high camp farce at MTC. But then, you know, this year I'm shooting some, I'm shooting a couple of things coming up that are like hyper, hyper, hyper natural films. So yeah. it is quite different. But um, I think, in terms of, I think what you're saying, absolutely, it does apply in terms of skill level. There's some things like if we look at, sitcom in america with Mm. so many aussies doing drama Mm -hmm. but we have very limited sitcom and when i went to la i went um and studied a bit uh, there's a woman called leslie khan who teaches sitcom acting and learning that just go oh my god our comedy aussie comedy is quite different Mm -hmm. british comedy is different aussie comedy is different american's comedy america's comedy is different and it comes from a different place and no wonder so many Australians don't book um, American comedy because the rhythms aren't necessarily, maybe for some people, 
but the rhythms aren't necessarily ingrained in you, whether where you get an Aussie comedy and you go, oh, I, I get the... I mean, if you're raised on it, but yeah, yeah. you sort of get the, the rhythm it sits in you. And yeah. I think... I mean, comedy is a really good example of it because if... When I'm coaching, I'm like, fuck, if I've told you the joke, it's too late. We've missed it. Yeah. yeah. There's a part of you that can train to a certain level and look for where the joke is. But unless I do think there's something, unless you feel where the joke is, it doesn't quite land. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's got to come out of you. I think what you're saying, genres, yes, absolutely. When people are quite green, we do get – when we go like way into a genre that is – quite different it struggles to land it might be something like I mean a a difficult theatre piece if you've only ever done naturalistic screen there's a bunch of skills you've got to learn oh and likewise if you've done um a a heap of of theatre exactly what I was talking about a a lot of my coaching is is working people from that and how do you just talk to the other person just talk to the other person oh yeah yeah I do think um this is a little bit of sidetrack but what you're saying um, I deeply believe there's certain stories that are in us that resonate with us mm-hmm. and some that don't. And I yes. find this absolutely with me. Like even if I've played in quite a diverse range of genres, there are some roles that I'll get like, oh, my God, I really want this. I want this. I want this. And I'll work really hard at it and I'll work really hard at it. And that's not necessarily a good thing for acting. But, <laughs> I'll, you know, do the work and then get there. And it's just kind of still not my story and then there's some scripts you get where you just read it and you're like oh yeah yeah I get it I get it you do it and it's effortless and it's easeful and I still believe they're the ones you book and it's the same when when I give you know in classes when I give students scripts and you go oh my god that just sits on you your story you come through it yeah and and I do think they're the jobs you book and I do think they're the jobs that that are effortless and yeah I really 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 believe that Oh, a hundred percent. And I think um, it's, you know, it's a hard thing to come to terms with because as an actor, you know, you just want to book all of the roles. That's yeah. all you want to do. You want to do all of the work. Um, but I definitely agree that once you kind of actually sit with yourself and go, okay, I don't think that I can do the best job at telling this story to actually kind of go, well, I'll audition, but, you know, if I don't get it, that that's why kind mm. of thing. I think that's a really mature approach to a career. Um, but also what I meant about the genre thing was definitely like from personal experience, when I started out, I really struggled with drama. Like comedy, I was like, no mm. problem, I can get it. But drama, and it really kind of, because a lot of Australian content is drama, I kind of felt inadequate for a really oh, long yeah, time. Yeah. But I was just acquiring this, well, not only the life skills, but the acting skills from the right teachers as well in order to finally go, oh my God, I get it. And because I'm telling the right stories in a dramatic mm. script now, mm. that's why I'm kind of like, oh yeah, finally. Mm. But at the start, I was definitely like, I can't do drama. I mm. can't do it. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I can only do comedic acting. I'm a failure. <laughs> <laughs> in Australia, yeah, we want to do everything. In America, it's like, what's your what's your brand? What's your brand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, branding oh. came around here for a bit. Like, I feel like two. 2019 everyone was like I really me me included I really want to know what my brand is I know and we kind of stick on these external labels that like ask excuse me drama teacher what's my brand yes when I walk (laughs) into the room what would you cast me as (laughs) oh that's my favorite but I think what um I really appreciate about Um, coaches like yourself and a fair few others in the Australian industry as well is like what you were saying is that you're still learning and yes you are still um, like doing courses for your acting but you're also doing them to bring them back to your students and be Mm. like hey I just learned something that completely contradicted what I taught you this other time Um, let's try this and I Mm. think that that's really important to have like an ever-changing I guess way of working Mm. because I think um, gone are the days when we have like a 
a method where this method was written a hundred years ago and this is how we do it you know that's how you act mm. it's like no because society is ever changing mm. as well so yeah. well i mean even Stanislavski was changing all the time and yeah. his early work contradicts his last work but it's like after that that it became um, actually, I'm not allowed to say ego-based, am I, when I'm talking about the greats, not... <laughs> I would it, say My it. way. <laughs> I can't say that about Stella, rather. No, no, no I'm not saying that. We, she's given us many gifts. Sorry. Oh, back her back her But um, <laughs> light a candle for her after the podcast. Sorry. She'll forgive you. Sorry. No, great. But, but, yeah, I absolutely, deeply, deeply believe... I, I'm a hungry learner. Like, if, if I wasn't an actor, I'd probably... This is... Yeah, shit, but I'd probably be an academic. <laughs> Go be studying philosophy somewhere. And so, yeah, I, I, I do want to learn, but I do get so much joy in giving more tools to my actors. And mm. as I said, as I said before, I do believe it's lots and lots of tools and all that matters is what works here and now. So totally, they can be contradictory. Who gives a shit? Mm. You know, like it, it, I don't want to confuse you now. It doesn't want, need to be contradictory now. Yeah. But it might have contradicted what I said yesterday, which is very, um, I think unless you're an actor, it's like who the fuck is this woman that does <laughs> She's crazy. <laughs> but you said this yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Throw it in the bin. <laughs> I said that against tomorrow. No, no, it's not that bad. It's not quite that bad. Um, yeah, but it, it, all that really matters what is what is going to bring life here now. Mm. Yeah, for sure. What? When did you get into coaching and what, what was the impetus originally to kind of go, I want to be an acting coach as well as an actor? Because that's a... I mean, like, you know, if you look at it logically, like, yes, it kind of makes sense because you're like, well, I have all these skills mm. and I want to. But, like, you know, not every actor is built to be an acting coach. Mm. So when did you kind of figure, like, oh, this is something that I want to delve into? Uh, like many things, I don't know that I actively made a choice. Um, I'm a little bit of the belief that we stay proactive but I also believe in flow and I and there's something in that as Mm. well uh I think I flowed this way and I fucking love it (laughs) um I guess I guess as I said before I'm I I learn everything every so like knowledge sponge and just absolute nerd for this acting business (laughs) this shit Mm. yeah um I, I adore uh, I guess when I first graduated NIDA, this was this is actually why. When I first graduated NIDA, um, firstly, I still wanted to learn and I went to TAFE and studied business and, you know, so I could give it to actors. And yeah. I went to America so I could study sitcom and comedy and shit that we didn't have in Australia and give it to actors. You know, I, I just felt driven to. And then I got a grant in the days before everyone had a camera and I got 10 grand (laughs) and I set up a self-taping studio in my house when I first got out of NIDA and not everyone had a camera like they do now and so I started to shoot a lot of self-tapes and basically it just started that I could read and then maybe give some notes but then and I was also doing a bit of teaching as well um, a little bit of teaching but then from the coaching I just found that um Actors started booking. <laughs> no, but and then, of me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. um, but I found that I just fell in love with it, and, and um, I, uh, I get no, I, I care so much about people that I work with and helping them get something. I can be quite direct. Like we know you don't go to Pip if you want to be like that. Was great. If you're having a bad day and you need an ego boost, don't. don't do no, 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 no. I will love you to pieces, but we need to like, we're aiming for a best work. And I think I have um, quite a high standard yeah. and because I care, because I care. And um, yeah, so, so we work and I love the work and I love when actors break through barriers and work through things and, 
And then, as you said, I really do. I continue learning all, all, all the time. I stay in class because I don't think it's right if I and, and go to mates and ask them to coach me for an hour or whatever because I, I want to feel what they're feeling and also so I can learn and know because I think mindset is so much to do with it. So much to do with it in that I can't just tell you what to do and not know what's going through our brains when when we're being coached for an audition or just coached generally in terms of a lot of people come just privately instead of going to acting classes because I think so we can really hone in, you know. Um, And, yeah, and to to feel what that journey is. And, yeah, it's, it's a really, really special thing. It's a really special thing. I think feeling being there with people as they grow and they break through things and and I've got those um, students or clients that I've had for years and seeing them when they first start out and we put their you know the showreels down and we get that and then when they finally get their first main role on a tv show and it's a few years later I think I have the sloggers (laughs) 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 people just work hard yeah (laughs) And when yeah, when they when they start booking stuff, and generally like we'll work on technique, we'll work on technique. Okay, we're ready to look for an agent now. We'll work on technique. We're okay, we're ready to or whatever stage they're at. Some people just come because they are actors, um, you know, working actors, and they'll just come for their self tapes. And and then some clients are exactly what I was describing is they'll sort of come almost, you know, weekly, sec every second weekly, and yeah. do work. Work, 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 work. We just really nail down, and then eventually, finally, we're They're we're booking stuff. <laughs> we're about to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's you do see it. I think that's the great thing about being a coach is it's not. Um, oh, there was a um, uh, a mother who contacted me about their teenager, and it's like it's not really a real job, is it? Is it? And I was like. You're kidding me. Acting. And as a coach, I like I was like, fuck, this poor boy. Like, you know, he was like 13. He's, he's quite liking it. But it's not, it, the, you know, they're still like humans with that view for their children. Mm-hmm. Um, but being an acting coach, you see, I, you see, you see, you see. It's, it really is. It, it, firstly, it's not that you're either Kate Blanchett, Hugo Weaving, Famous, Famous, or You're Nothing. There's so many of us that are making a living off acting or something in the, you know, there's there's so many of us or something similar and living that kind of slashy life and, yeah. and we're completely fine. Um, but also through coaching, you do see there is growth and progression. It's just, just fucking stick at it. Yeah. You don't yeah. need to you don't even need to kind of like, oh I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry all the time, I'm hungry. Let flow happen, but just stay stay with it. And you're allowed mm-hmm. to have a life as well, but just keep staying with it. And shit honestly happens. Yeah. It honestly does. And as a yeah, you seriously witness that. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that last point as well. Um, like as you say you know you have people that are coming every two weeks and I don't want actors listening to this to be like I don't train every two weeks Mm. Um, like in all honesty I haven't trained since May last Mm. year because I don't know if everyone realized but um, things got a little bit hairy for a while there and I was like you know what I'm just going back to basics and just like you know just really looking after my basic needs. It's not that I stopped acting. I did like a few small things last year, but I just wasn't coaching because it didn't feel right. Yeah. I just didn't. And I, it's exactly that, the ebb and flow, but the continual keeping at it. It's mm. not like I'm, I gave up acting. No, there's months. nothing wrong with a time off. And so what if you do? Like one of my girlfriends oh, yeah. said to me, she was like, I was getting, this was quite a few years ago and I was like getting frustrated. She's like, just give up. It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> give up. It's like when someone throws it, yeah, fuck it, fuck it. Just, you know, for a little while. They, oh yeah, I found it again. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it's about 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How long did you give up for? I <laughs> think <laughs> crazy thing is is I think I gave up and then I suddenly got offered a job like a direct offer oh my god <laughs> like the next oh couple my of god. days it's like ah oh, okay <sighs> but that's what I think what that is is about that flow thing yes and it is push all push does all that busy work does all that push I need to work harder because that person's working harder all that 
crap and I should, I should, I should, I should. Mm-hmm. It's, it's our own shoulds. It's that massive to-do list that never gets done because you don't actually know why you're doing it. You're doing it because some fucking guru that was trying to make money said you should. Yes. Yeah. And then you beat yourself up because you don't. And we get so exhausted by that. Oh, we get yes. so exhausted by that. And what if just like we were speaking about acting of like that flow and trusting the flow that that can happen. What if that within reason can happen in our career as well i'm not suggesting don't do ever don't do anything you know yes meet people yes stay in class but it's about the force and the should yes they fucking kill you they just drive you mad oh trying trying to look like the most hard-working actor that you can be is the problem mm. just let it happen <laughs> And it's just like, it's funny. Like, I feel like your career is kind of case in point. You've said like the roles that you book are the ones which the scripts, you just go, yeah, I got this. Mm. That's flow. Or like when you go, I'm not going to be an actor anymore. And you just release it and let it go. Mm. Then they go, Mm. oh, look what gets let in. Yeah. And I think, I think what that actually is about, I mean, I, I, I do work hard but it's the working hard from shoulds and anxiety that I've released in doing those things I'm not suggesting don't do any work I'm just suggesting you know do what you feel is right from a place of joy Mm. and let flow happen take the next move it's okay if you are like I don't know what my 20 year plan is it's it's okay (laughs) just look up the, you know the next thing where where do you want to go now just who gives a shit about that just fucking grab a mate and put a self-tape of a scene down that you want to do yes. like just let that happen for a bit yeah you know yeah. it's it's yeah working from anxiety and stress and shoulds that all you do is exhaust yourself you really do you really do and it's funny i think i can't think of someone that I know who's an actor that hasn't gone through. It's almost like a kind of rite of passage as an Mm. actor that you go Mm. through that realisation of like, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, and then you exhaust yourself. And then you eventually click into the fact that that is not a sustainable way to be living in any sense. Yeah, and because no, there are, no, I shouldn't say no, that's a load of shit. Um, (laughs) Most careers don't, have a life where you can control so little mm. and so it's simply us I remember when um, my sister moved to Sydney for a little period of time and <laughs> yeah and and she said <laughs> she used to say like okay can we meet up for lunch what are you doing in three weeks I was like I don't know you know and like <laughs> and what how do you not oh my god I couldn't live like that was you know like <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing three weeks for lunch you know and it is that I don't know where I'll be I just nothing at the moment then I'll get there it'll be busy you know um yeah and and to actually be the kind of human a lot of actors are quite smart you know and um there are a few type a I don't know if you want to call it that but there are Mm. there are a lot of actors that have that brain that are hungry that are curious and we yeah, and there isn't a lot that you can control. And so it's actually making peace with with that and, and just dealing with what is in your control. I was speaking to a mate who's an actor last night and I was like, he, he said like, I was like, there you go. COVID kind of taught everyone else what it's like to be an actor. <laughs> I mean, ha ha. We've been doing this for years. <laughs> oh my God. We were like, we got this. It's so fine. <laughs> Don't What's know my changed? future. <laughs> <laughs> Just riding the wave. <laughs> Join in. <laughs> it's so true, though. It's so true. And I think. What makes me um, really happy about the fact that mindset training um, is coming into effect in terms of acting careers, I'm really happy about that. And I talk about it all the time, but honestly, like it's changed my life to actually think about my mindset, um, looking at how I think about myself Mm -hmm. as an actor and how I think about my work and the, the words that you're using to describe yourself as an actor like a really good example is what words do you use when someone goes like oh you're an actor what have I seen you in 
and you're if you're using the response of oh, i haven't really been in anything like oh i'm just you know like oh, i'm i'm still working hard like maybe something in the future those words are ingraining into your brain how you feel about yourself so how are you going to then go into an audition and convince someone to employ you in that role if that's mm. kind of how you're thinking you're drilling home these core beliefs yeah yeah, yeah. so i'm very much excited that mm. all of this mindset ideas and mm. coaching is kind of becoming very relevant in the industry and we're going hang on a second if you're just slightly changing the words that you're using around yourself it's having this massive effect mm. i really find so and I'm sure, like, you see that with your students as well. You cannot, you cannot separate your mind from your craft or your career. Mm. You cannot separate your... I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of if we try and do too much with our head and control it, if we haven't surrendered to the moment, then we're using our working memory when mm. we're acting and going... What beat do I play? What action do I play? Whatever. And your working memory, if you go into an audition and you're working and you're stressing your working memory, your working memory is also where your vulture lives. And that, <laughs> it's true. And that yeah. is also where the ego can come and have little freak outs and talk shit to you. Mm. Yeah, so that's your craft. In terms of your career, it's exact, It's what you're saying. It's it's your approach to yourself. There, What you're coming down to is those surface level, the little, little... Um, phrases we use which actually if we go deeper and deeper and deeper why are you saying that why are you saying that was it's like a fucking acting craft but doing it with ourselves why are you saying that why are you saying mm-hmm. that it's because the core belief the core belief is what we need to work with or what we you know once your core belief in yourself is all of your enoughness and that you are worthy and that you are an actor and all the all that stuff yeah once your core belief is there then you're not going to be saying shit like that you're not going to feel when the uber driver says oh what have i seen you and <laughs> you're not gonna like yes you're gonna be like fuck i hate that question but yeah. <laughs> no yeah. but you might not have old issues of self-worth come up oh for sure yeah for sure. and you're exactly right how does that then affect your whole approach to your life your career your everything oh yeah it's very interesting when you start looking at your core beliefs around your dating life. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't worked oh, that dear. Oh, dear. Get someone else on here for that. <laughs> Use the exact same techniques, but then you go, what do I truly believe about myself as a partner to someone? And then you go, oh, no. <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. <laughs> But when you come through it, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell yes. you. I'll tell you in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It's all about the letting go, Pip. You don't know what's going to happen now. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. So in terms of have you have you made any films or written any scripts of your own? I'm not much of a writer, but I have directed a bit interesting mm. so i mean I, I i can write but it's not you know i i make too many <clears throat> hot chocolates <laughs> and you just jacked <laughs> and then the script is just wild <laughs> the kettle's been turned on 200 times yeah um, yeah no no but but directing i love i absolutely love which has been um you know it's the most recent of the things but yeah. it's emerged i i did I have worked as a casting assistant a bit. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, that was a while ago. So that also helped with the coaching as well. Yes. So I worked in that side, um, and which is great, which I love. And then um, through coaching, people started, to, and you know, obviously shooting a lot of self tape reels turned into show reels, turned into can you direct my short sort of thing. Yeah. So. Um, I just adore it. I adore it. I, I mean, I adore three and the same thing, a flow. Like I, I don't mm. think um, we don't, you know, like I've given up the need to define any. Give, oh, you just. Like, like fuck, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
I do know. It took me a while to add podcasting to my slash. My slash. How many slashes do you want? How many? How many? <laughs> 507. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true. It's, yeah. I mean, um, with directing, it, it does seem like, especially with coaching, it obviously seems like a very natural progression to then be like, you know, but with directing as well, it's you ha- you're having to think about shots and stuff like that, which if mm. as an actor, you haven't gone behind the camera mm. and looked at exactly the frame that they're shooting in, that's a whole other mm. kettle of fish, you know, that comes into mm. filmmaking. Yeah, I had to consciously very learn that. Like I did yeah. do some at uni, but I'd sort of put it on the back burner. But um, yeah, I consciously had to learn that and got private coaching myself from a cinematographer um but but then also through doing and through making sure that every time I do direct something I only do it on the uh, proviso that I have a really good cinematographer because I know that I will focus on performance I just fucking will because I can't stop myself (laughs) oh the shot was funny yeah so so uh yeah yeah so if I have um you know, a team is very, very important, and yes. and it's really important to me that I have a great cinema cinematographer, and you know, we're on the same page about the story, and then let him, her, they do their business. Mm. But it's just um, when I started kind of filmmaking, and I haven't directed, but I've produced and written. Mm. Um, yeah, and again with the genre thing like shots thinking about using different shots and how they're Mm. relevant to the genre that you're using like with comedy not a lot of close-ups are used unless it's for a specific punchline um which i had never thought about until a Mm. few years ago because you're just like i'm saying my lines and i'm doing my thing i don't know oh they're doing a, a mid shot okay yeah cool i don't know why yeah filmed quite differently yeah and being able to have like a two shot or a three shot in a comedy frees the actors up quite a lot oh yes yeah they can go wild Mm. they can throw their arms around (laughs) for comedic purposes (laughs) they can act with their arms darling yes i've studied with darren gilshanen and that's what (laughs) i look no darren didn't teach that darren didn't teach that no darren's so good so good Oh, I think I talk about him too much on the podcast, but honestly, so good. And I know you've done his course as well. I've gotten, I've done all the Darren. I've, it, it had, yeah, I had a couple of films that he was with him, and mm. and like each time I have a, whenever I've done a, a film that is a, a comedy, which I've done a few, I will like pay him for a session, and oh, of I, course. yeah, he's just oh my god, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, he's like such a i i don't think people understand he just understands comedy in such a way that i have never seen before Mm. like the nuances that he understands in comedy and each character and the little like bits and pieces that he does when he's teaching i'm just like <laughs> yeah, and t- actual tools you can use. Yeah, like I said, I, in America there was sitcom, but I found in Australia there was yeah, which is sitcom specific, which is not really what we make. No. Um, but Darren is actually, I think he's. There probably are some other people. I'm very sorry, but he's the only person that I have found that's been able to be like. So this is comedy and it applies to Australian comedy. Yes. And you go, oh, my God, I have tools. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, obviously Darren does do improv in his teachings um, in some of the classes. But I think um, I agree in that I haven't found a class in Australia that wasn't like learning improv because improv is just pretty much just comedy but it's improvised comedy you never Mm. look like here's a comedy script how do we unpack this Mm. you know um so yeah that it's very interesting and maybe that's why like it's a whole bunch of drama-based teaching in Australia, mm. mostly because that's like a lot of what we do. But yeah, I don't know. No, but we have, we really do have Australian comedy. I mean, many of us are like known that comedy is tragedy about dignity, sort of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. But but the nuance that that Darren goes into. But I do think 
that there is something I am so passionate about Australian comedy but I grew up watching it and I think that if you haven't until someone like a Darren but even then you've got to keep watching yourself you've got to feel you've got to of course you've got to watch Australian content like we have to make us make Australian content watch Australian content but Aussie comedy when actors like oh I haven't seen it I haven't seen it I haven't seen it it's like you 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 get those it's not just about them and their audition but they end up with these auditions like you're not going to get the comedy because it's not in your cells it's not in your yeah it's not in your it's not friends Yes. I know you exactly watch Friends. And you're like, yeah, but I do like comedy. I like Friends. It's, it's not Friends. Yes. It's not Friends. Yes. Our hair's not as good. <laughs> no, I mean that. Yes. <laughs> no, but it's true. That's what I always say about Australian and mostly UK comedy as well, mm. is that very rarely do you have a whole cast of amazing looking people. And that's why it's funny. Because they're just real people and you go, oh, yeah, these are humans that I'm watching. Whereas quite often and, you know, it does fall into the sitcom acting realm as well that you do have characters, even though they're silly characters, you, you're still like, you know, a bit like. Yeah, and know. sitcom, um, Stephen Fry has this great YouTube everyone's gonna steam fright you know. <laughs> but where he talks about the differences between american british comedy and the fact that american comedy you know they they all have get the girl and have good teeth and they're all winners and and it's come from that vaudeville like boom you know because they yeah. all they came to america because they were gonna win you know be the best i am freedom i am whatever and the, he's like, the Brits just stayed here. And I was like, <laughs> I hope anyway. And so, and you, if you look at it, it's so class-based. Mm. And they've all got bad teeth and they want to be the loser. It's like the American comedian wants to be the winner and the British comedian wants to be the loser. Yes. But I think we're a different thing altogether. I think we take a bit of British stuff in that we'll be rather happy to be the loser. But stuff like, to talk about Darren again, is <laughs> No Activity, which... Yeah. That's a good show. Yes. Yeah. It's it's based on doing nothing other than maybe, you know, New Zealand. Like what what country gets comedy based on what is the shit you talk about when you get nothing to talk about? Yeah. 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 Exactly. And then they they the Americans thought to recast Darren's character and mm. take it to America. Mm. No, thank you. No. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> That's why it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, it's it's very true. It's the yeah. You I agree that, you know, there are similarities in Australian and UK comedy, but I think I agree. I don't it, know that we have I could I mean, be wrong but my view at the moment and see it changes all the time at this very time i don't feel that we have the class we don't understand class like they do in britain i mean mm. you know, we, we don't have that class thing quite as much really. not as like um very like this is this that is that yeah very very interesting well we've been talking for a while so you know we can wrap up um now, what is your website? I'm going to link it all in the show uh, notes, but what is your website? What is your, do you have um, active socials that you would like to plug as well? I have my website, which is uh, the way in which I am conductable, is pipedwardscreative.com. Uh, one word, pipedwardscreative.com. And uh, I am the Pip Edwards on the Instagram. Mm. Not a Pip Edwards, the Pip Edwards. Edwards. Nice. And people, if they're wanting to coach with you, can obviously contact you via the website. Mm. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Because after this episode, I guarantee an influx of people, Pip, use code Rachel for 5%. Oh, no, (laughs) Why not? Why why not? Oh dear. Well, <laughs> good Rachel's Rachel's love life. <laughs> I've dealt with it. I'm fine. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyways, thank you for coming on the yeah. podcast, Pip, and um, we will talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs>